The NBA playoffs are heating up and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just five bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. Everybody, we are live for the UFC Vegas 54 post fight show here on the MMA Fighting YouTube channel. I am Mike Heck. We get AK Lee, and we have Jose Youngs, who is backstage in the media room in Las Vegas at the Apex. So, we're going to begin with Jose. We don't have a lot of time with him. It's probably Oscar trying to get involved it is. here. Not a surprise. Not a surprise. Yeah, they say it's probably Oscar. I go, it is. <laughs> Hello, Oscar. But Jose, we'll begin with you before you get booted out of there. Uh, in the end, Jan Blahovich gets a third round TKO victory over Alexander Rakic in the main event. We'll talk more about the fight, but unfortunate ending to a, a pretty fun fight. Just your thoughts on the main event, how it ended, and seeing Jan Blahovich get back in the win column. I mean, it's always disappointing when anyone gets. I guess it feels that was weird. I guess Sorry. It, it it's uh. It, it, it always feels bad when you see some someone injure themselves and like they lose a fight that they were because let's not let's not like mess around with it. Ratchik was not only in that fight; it was I had a one-one uh, after two, and then he hurt his knee. So it's it's just super unfortunate a because Ratchik is still such a young fighter; he's in the prime of his career. Uh, you always hear like because he's going to get his MCL and LCL checked out on Monday. So uh, fingers crossed, it's nothing too severe but that looked gnarly when you can physically see your knees your knee ligament snap in half it's probably not a good sign but just super unfortunate all around i know jan is disappointing that he's happy that he's he won but he's disappointed that that's how it ended and uh all very humble in defeat uh ratchet was um uh you know he went up to, to jan and congratulated him and jan said you know you'll be uh, you'll be champion eventually but it's just disappointing that a fighter of of alexander ratchet's rackets uh age and standing in the division hurt his knee so badly because who he might not come back for two years. And we always say the light heavyweight division is so shallow and losing someone of his caliber is definitely a huge blow. Did they give any sort of an update on, cause I know he wasn't at the press conference, but was there any update provided from anybody from the UFC about just that? Just the UFC PR came and said that he's going to get an MRI on Monday for his LCL and MCL. And that's as far as we know, I assume Places and open tomorrow. It's Sunday, or uh, he's going to heal up for a bit and rehydrate, and then go into it. But yeah, they, we won't know till Monday. Now, you, I know you're not a giant fan of playing matchmaker, but we did have the champion Glover Teixeira tweet out before this all began, this whole card that, mm-hmm. hey, if I win and and you win, we'll just run this back, Jan. And Jan obviously is not going to be upset about seeing a tweet from the champion. Obviously. Glover's got, got a tough task ahead of him fighting a, a madman in Yuri Prohashka. But if he does get the job done and beats Yuri, what are the chances they run this one back in your opinion? I mean, higher than I thought. I didn't think, I mean, 
I was going to say if Ratchet can won, he'd probably deserve the number one contender spot. Obviously, Ankalaev and Anthony Smith's coming up. But if you just go by rankings, I mean, Jan Blachowicz is still the number one ranked light heavyweight under the champion in the UFC's rankings where they kind of try to use it for matchmaking purposes. So uh, before this fight, I said uh, Rat Jan's probably maybe one, maybe, maybe probably two wins away considering he got finished by the current champion. And I always said if, if Glover does beat Yuri and then retires, I would assume it'd be Jan versus fill in the blank for the, for the vacant title. But since the title's not vacant... Um, and Glover tweeted that. My, I think it's probably seventy-five percent chance, seventy-five, eighty, eighty percent chance that happens. Because for all we know, Glover to share gets really hurt. Because as we just saw today, when you fight Jan Blachowicz, your knees can blow out. So, uh, fingers crossed that doesn't happen. Uh, but if, if Glover to share wins, I, I, I would assume that fight is going to happen maybe by the end of the year. Just especially if someone the champion tweets it. Two last things, just to give us a vibe from what happened back there. I know there are fighters coming in and out, talking mm -hmm. about their victories and everything, but what fight, what moments got the media room all, all fired up tonight? Uh, the David Grant knockout was pretty jarring. Uh, he basically punched a hole through Lee Smoke's head <laughs> on the canvas. So that was a jarring, uh, a pretty jarring moment. The uh, the Manuel knockout, what's, what's Manuel's last name? I'm Torres. Torres. Manuel Torres. Um, that was a pretty jarring one just considering it was like a one, two, and then he didn't even follow. He even said himself, he's like, I didn't know if I should follow up. He's kind of a black belt. You don't want to hurt him anymore. This and that. And then like, who would have thought Kalen Chukagin getting fight of the night? I mean, we all joked 30, 27 Kalen Chukagin. That was a fun scrap. Uh, the Vivian Arujo getting a head kicked by Andrew Lee in the first round and then surviving was a pretty spectacular moment. So a uh, pretty great night all around in terms of like exciting finishes and fights and the ladies put on uh, some pretty fantastic performances. So all in all, Pretty fun fight card, I'm not going to lie. Usually when there's a, a pretty talked-about rotten moment of the night, it always sort of balances mm. out with a, with a delightful moment. I think we know the rotten moment we're talking about with Tony Kelly in the cornering, but you got to actually speak with Tetsuro Tyra for the very first time, <laughs> a delightful young yeah, man. Yeah. And have you ever gotten a reaction from a fighter just explaining the the secret menu at In-N-Out? Because that kid was so excited. Never for a fighter, but it's always like I've had other friends from other countries come in. I take them in and out, and I'm like, there's a secret menu. They're like, what? What's that? What's the secret menu? So uh, I definitely responded like, well, how old is he? 21, 22 years old? Yeah. Def yeah, definitely responded like a 22-year-old who has been cutting weight, who just got told he could get, quote-unquote, animal-style french fries with a burger with three patties. So uh, I don't expect Katsuya Tire to be anywhere close to 125 pounds by this time next week. There you go. Jose, I know you're about to get the boot, but thank you yeah. for checking in. I know it's been a long night for you, so I uh, appreciate it, my man. Enjoy the rest of your night, and uh, we'll see you probably next week, I'm sure. Absolutely, gentlemen. Thanks, Jose. There he is, everybody. Jose Young's coming on in and a giving guy. a quick recap. I know he's got to get out of there, and when it's time to go, they don't just say, okay, you got to go, and then because you know what happens when they tell you you got to go. You're like, okay, um, but you have to try to squeeze in like two or, or three last things. Now, the UFC just shuts off the Wi-Fi and makes sure <laughs> that you're, you're getting on out of there. So, AK, you, you're looking dapper. You're looking like you're oh, about to you. play a Sunday round at the Masters. It's more of a bowling, I think. But, yeah, I mean, obviously golf, yeah. But I, but I really look, look at it as like a bowling shirt. Yes. Kingpin 101 from mm -hmm. Alexander Cayley. Your thoughts on the main event. Jan Bohovic gets it done. Not the way he would have liked it and a lot of people watching would have liked it but in the end he landed the leg kick and those leg kicks are really effective it was unfortunate the other leg that he put the weight on uh, mm -hmm. that sort of collapsed him and brought him down to the canvas but just your thoughts on Jan's performance I, especially that first round I thought he looked really good yeah uh, I think a lot of the comments I saw were like he's really he's really came to fight tonight which sounds like a weird thing to say about like a guy who was just the UFC champion in his most recent fight but I think the a lot of people were kind of discouraged by what happened um, with the Teixeira matchup not just that obviously he was outclassed on the ground you know he was facing a superior grappler but um, you know he didn't seem to have that Polish power verve that so many people see and he commented on that after the fight he was kind of asked about it and he was just like, yeah, like I was, I felt more relaxed. I'm how like I was having fun, and I think you could see that in his performance. I think a loose and sort of relaxed uh, Blackovitz is is the best version of him. That's the version that I think that got him to the title, his first title opportunity, that got him the title win, um, and uh, and got him as the win over uh, Adesanya. So we saw some of that tonight, and uh, would that have carried through like? For the whole fight and got him the win unclear because you know rocket was, was fighting really well too for the injury but um i think it's definitely for some of us including myself who was kind of counting 
I was counting Jan Blakovic out a little bit, as I have many times in the past. This is, I think, the sixth time in his past seven fights that I have picked a fight wrong. Um, I picked him to lose many times, and I picked him to beat Teixeira, so it was all just, it's all incorrect. I picked him to lose to Rakic tonight, so another uh, another L for this guy. Uh, but listen, he turned 39 in February. Yeah, his best years are probably behind him, but he's still clearly more than good enough to be competitive with anyone in the top 10 uh, of the light heavyweight division. And I guess the question now is, and I see a lot of people asking it in the comments and on social media, how close is he to getting another shot at a title, whether it's against a share or a Prochka? And I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm kind of mulling it over myself. Yes, of course we will match make tomorrow on, on to the next one and we'll make that decision. But I assume there's a poll with, with such a topic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Straight, just straight up people asking, uh, how, did he do enough? Did he do enough tonight to earn a UFC title shot, regardless of who wins at UFC 275? Very strong right now. 64%. Yes. So most people are like, yeah, like you said, they saw at least enough in the first round and uh, had ended with an injury, but it was competitive enough that they see enough of the of the Jan Blahovitz of old, of the, the championship Jan, that uh, if he got a title shot tomorrow or is announced that it was you know announced this week, he began title shot. Doesn't sound like too many people would complain. Yeah. I mean, we also have to keep in mind that there is a very big fight in this division coming up at UFC 277, July 30th mm-hmm. in Dallas between Anthony Smith and Magomed Ankalaev. And you would think if Ankalaev wins, he's either in there or they're going to do another number one contender fight. Plus, if Anthony Smith wins, people love Anthony Smith. There's a very good chance he gets up there because, I mean, he gets the chance to to run that back with Glover because that was a bad loss for him. One of those things. And then he turned it around not long after that. He took another loss, but all of a sudden he's on a tear again. And Anthony Smith versus Jerry Prohash is probably just going to be insanity until it ends, should that happen. But we already know it's going to happen. Glover Shear is going to take Yuri down, and he's going to submit him in the first round. I've been saying this for like seven months now. Uh, Come on now. Anthony Smith tweeted after. He said, uh, he tweeted, looks like I'm going to upset a couple of guys pretty soon. So he thinks, uh, you know, he's. I, I think he's amused by all the uh, contender talk. And he's just, you know, he's just, I think he's he's, he's kind of like, well, don't forget about me. Don't forget about me. I'm here. Like you said, I have the Ankalaya fight. That fight is... I mean, that's a certainly winnable fight for Anthony Smith. I mean, I, I think uh, Ankalaev, I assume, I'm sure this odds already, probably at least a two to one minus, probably minus 250, maybe close to a three to one favorite. But man, Anthony Smith has been down in the odds before and he's beaten a lot of, uh, he's beaten a lot of guys. So uh, I'm certainly leaning towards Ankalaev, but an Anthony Smith win would not shock me in the slips. Of course, Ryan Spann got a submission win, light heavyweight division against Iwan Kuchalaba. And that brings up a question from Jordan Isle. Bonuses. Which Jordan, were kind of surprising. Jordan, did I not just answer this question in the comments? Like, I swear I just told him. <laughs> but, you know, there's a lot of comments here. Some, it might have been know? someone else. It might have been someone else. I apologize. So if it wasn't Jordan, I, I was nearly certain that I told them. It was. It's the same person. Anyway, you're right. For anyone else just tuning in, uh, Amanda Hebus, Caitlin Jukagian, fight of the night. Caitlin Jukagian, fight of the night, Mike. I, I, I know. It was a good fight. It was the most was entertaining Caitlin Jukagian fight ever. No doubt yes. about it. Uh, yeah, clearly, and then um, uh, uh, Ryan Spann and and Manuel Torres uh, performance bonuses. But uh, Jukagian, six years in to her UFC career, Mike, the most appearances in UFC women's flyweight history. Her first ever fight of the night or a fight night bonus of any kind. So on the People's Free Fight Show, me and Jed played the bonus prediction game. We both got Manuel Torres correct. Uh, I said Davy Grant was going to get. A performance bonus and fight of the night. Yeah, which he had a very good case of getting both of those, and fa- and he got none of them. He got none of them. Ak, I yeah, think I, this is a travesty. And Michael I, Johnson didn't get a bonus either. I like Ryan Span, uh, and good for him. Yeah, again, I, I never want to take bonuses away from anyone. Everyone, someone doesn't deserve a bonus because you know it's great. He's he's got a great uh, gu- guillotine. He got he used it to take out a very dangerous um, light heavyweight tonight. But boy, I definitely would have ranked the. Michael Johnson finish and the David Grant finish above Dave, uh, and, and David Grant and Smoker for sure should have been the fight of the night. It was it, yeah. It was it was uh, strange. And again, I, I don't want to take away from Kibas and Chikagian either. Fun competitive fight, uh, well deserving of some sort of bonus. Again, this is why there shouldn't be a four bonus limit. All these people should get fifty thousand dollars. It it does leave a bad taste in my mouth, and I think a lot of the a lot of the viewers to not see David Grant or and or Luis Smoka receive um, a, a well deserved bonus. 
David Grant showed up to the freaking press conference with his gloves still on. That just shows the kind of guy he is. He's ready to keep on going. Still had his four ounce gloves on. <laughs> like he was ready to go, all beat up. It's it's just absolutely crazy. Oh, Brandon, Brandon Hunt, yeah, Brandon yeah. Hunt saying Petrosky. That's right. But he choked out. Uh, what was uh, Maximov's? He was Maximov was like a two to one favorite, right? No, he was no. The biggest, oh, Maximov was the biggest oh, he was favorite a, on the card. Even what were the odds? Uh, no, I got to look at this. It was like How minus three eighty. What? <laughs> Why? I I don't know why. Because I think they they looked at it as if Petrovsky yeah. was going to get a finish, he was going to get it early, and they uh-huh. felt like Maximov's grappling would be enough to ride him through a, a, a first round. Because Petrovsky fades down the stretch, and Maximov is just gets better and has an insane gas tank and has that chain wrestling takedown. But geez, Louise, well done by Petrovsky. Saw an opening, got it done, and proved a lot of people wrong. Yes, Callum. He made all, I mean, listen, it's not just us. He made everybody eat their own words because everybody bet on Nick Maximoff, which is why the line was so high, except for a couple um, of people. A couple of people I'm, were smart. I'm so disappointed in myself. All my tuppies out there, I picked Maximov by decision. I'm embarrassed. I, I'm one of the only people in the world who watched the Ultimate Fire 29. Uh, and yes, Petrosky was very disappointing on that show. He lost in the first round. He was one of the favorites going into it. And just kind of dropped a stink bomb um, in the you know on the actual show, but but going into it again, people knew about his his grappling. He's has the feeling of a strong grappler. They talked about it on the broadcast. They said this is a great grappler versus grappler matchup. Um, like you said, Mike, maybe Maximov viewed as having the deeper gas tank. I think we've said we've discussed internally. There's that Diaz bump. He's part of the Diaz army, you know, uh, and people like that. People see that and think, oh, maybe he's you know he's he's cut of the, he's from the same stuff. And maybe he still will be. You know, this is this is this is not the end for Nick Maximov. His career is just starting. Uh, we may look back on this. He's as twenty four. Kind of, he's twenty four. Just right? getting we, started. Yeah, very talented guy. We may look back on this as a blip, but um, but Petrosky was definitely definitely overlooked, and uh, good for him for um, clearly winning the grappling battle in the seventy six seconds or whatever this fight lasted, and uh, man, choking him right out. But um, hey, listen, Nate Diaz will be happy, and Nate and Nick will be happy. Their man did not tap. I love the call out as well of Gerald Mearshart. I thought that was great. I think he's Gerald Mearshart hilarious response to it because he called for it for the Singapore card and Mearshart's like, yeah, dude, I'm down, but like, can we push it back a little more? Cause I'm pretty fat right now. So <laughs> we're not going to do that. Uh, so we, we mentioned the co-main event, Ryan Spann back in the wind column. No, I, I would assume, I thought he was getting on the mic and say, Hey, we're going to Dallas. I want to be on that card. But he says, not even thinking about that. He wants to get his mental straight, wants to hang out with his family, and then he'll talk about the next move. So we'll see what happens with him. But more on the Chukagin Amanda Hibas fight, because it was a fun fight. We we weren't sure what Amanda was going to look like against literally like the gatekeeper to the championship in this division. Caleb Chukagin just beats everybody but the champion, anybody but the best fighters in this division. And she's just knocking off these contenders. You want to get a title shot? You got to beat Caitlin Chukagin. Amanda Hebas gave her everything she could handle. She looked good at 125. I'm seeing a few of these. I've seen it on sure. Twitter. A lot of different scoring. Yeah. Did the, did the judges get this right in your opinion? I think I think they did. I think they, it's. I, I would have given the first two rounds to Kagan. Uh, it's not. It's not a terrible to score the fight for Hebas at all. I get it. I get it. Um, she had a lot. Look, her jujitsu is amazing. She had a lot of great ground control. She took down Chukagian a lot. Something that I didn't think was going to happen. I said. I said uh, Chukagian has fought um, strong grapplers in the past, and they have not managed to control her on the ground. And Hebus clearly had moments where she was winning the fight in the ground. So that, that was great. But um, I don't think it was enough to outdo any time they were standing. Again, Hebus had some moments. But I think if people go back and watch that fight, Chukagian won the majority of the striking exchanges. And guys, look at the criteria. Look at the official scoring, please. Check out Sean Sheehan's pinned tweet. If you if you don't want to read it, he has a helpful video that he has pinned where he talks about the scoring. Uh, and I'm not saying his word is law, but I'm saying I think he does a very good job of explaining why fights are scored the way they are now. So striking is always uh, an, an immediate damage, guys, is what takes priority. It's supposed to take priority for the judges. Shukagan did more damage on the feet. Um, should the criteria be changed to be you know more suitable for MMA? Maybe someday. Maybe we should get to a point where we're rewarding, excuse me, where the judges should reward position and, like you said, more more like ground control and grappling dominance and give more points for that. Maybe maybe that is more suitable for MMA. But the way the scoring is now, if you are winning the striking for the majority of the fight, uh, you are probably going to win the decision. That is what happened tonight. I think again, a Hebus score, I don't think out of the question at all. 
but I, I would have scored the first two rounds for, for Chukagian, so that's where you get your, your 29-28. So I, I don't have any issue with it. I scored it for Chukagian. It was close. I knew we were going to a split decision. I yep. knew it. I, even <laughs> tweeted it. I tweeted it like midway through the second round. <laughs> we're going to split decision city. We took a one-way trip. We knew it was coming, and death taxes – Caitlin Chukagian by decision scores once again. She gets it done. I thought the judges got it right. And it's amazing the arguments people had on Twitter from the Bellator card. Ugh. You know, the Logan Storley MVP fight and then people Ugh. dying on this hill. And I couldn't wait to fire back at people who were giving me crap for the MVP scorecard yesterday. But it doesn't matter. Uh, I love this comment. How does Dominic Cruz still not host score? John Anik and Brendan Fitzgerald <laughs> are the only ones in these broadcasts that know how to score fights it's crazy yeah it's crazy dom has his own way well like i said dom might be like kind of what i'm saying he he has a he he has his own perception of health which is funny because he was kind of like a very tricky stand-up fighter during his time and one with a lot of uh well i think i think he was very effective striker but you definitely had fans who were like who were like oh man how much damage is dom really doing when he's kind of like zipping in and out and da -da." i always thought he was doing great but it's funny that he would that you know he doesn't know the criteria when his fighting style was actually perfect for winning under the criteria of a mixed martial arts fight. So I don't know. It is it is weird. <laughs> yeah, I would agree. Yeah. Uh, Manuel Torres, great performance against just the nicest guy in the world. I hate seeing Frank Camacho go out like that. Oh. He's just such a good dude. Uh, Alan Nascimento hinged. We, first we, we all knew Frank Camacho was going to come out right away just swinging. I, I tweeted him like, if there was any game plan for this fight, you know as soon as that bell rings, Frank Camacho's like, nah, I'm just going to come forward and I'm going to punch. I have to. Do, I, he has to. He, and it's been two years since he's been in the cage. He's like, I, you know, he's just like, I got to go. I got to do it my way. Like, I just got to go in and... Uh, talk about going out in your shield. That's he always does it. Uh, we get Viviani Aru or Nascimento gets the win. Viviani Arujo, fun fight with Andrew Lee. Of course, we're not going to remember the fight itself. We're going to remember the moment that happened between the first and second round with Tony Kelly. We're not going to really get into that here, but not great. Michael Johnson gets a win. AK, you came through, buddy. You sold that fight. Somebody has to <laughs> win. It's a good fight, too. Somebody won. It was that's close. A good fight, right? That's a good fight. Yeah, I, I thought Patrick was, like... was going to score that submission win for me, but did not happen. Man, and uh, yeah, Michael Johnson. I can only imagine what's going through his mind. He he kind of he didn't. I, I didn't watch the whole post fight press conference. I don't know if he went to great teal, detail exactly what his struggles are. Just kind of mentioning like going to a dark place, and again, given again uh, that he hasn't won a fight in four years, hasn't won at lightweight in six years. You guys can draw your own conclusions by what he means. Went to a dark place. I I, I would imagine you know. That's a tough spot to be in. Uh, he's he's only I think in his career he's like three fights over five hundred. So it's tough, man, to keep climbing that hill. It's not like he's losing decisions all the time too. Like he lost some, you know, he had some he had some tough losses, uh, tough finish losses too. So uh, good for him, good for him, man, for sticking with it and and for reaping the rewards. Uh, again, I hope he gets some sort of locker room bonus. Maybe not the full fifty Gs, but um, you know, pay the, pay this man some good money because. Uh, he could have retired. You know, a lot of people would have retired, retired or, or, or I don't know, found a way to get out maybe get away from the UFC, maybe not, not want to fight UFC level competition anymore. And he came back tonight and, uh, and credit to again, um, Pat, uh, Patrick, uh, Alan Patrick as well, because he's also hasn't won in a while. And hopefully his, uh, his, his turn comes next. The NBA playoffs are heating up. And so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. Don't miss out as the NBA postseason winds down. And new customers to DraftKings can bet 5 bucks to get 150 in bonus bets instantly. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over. Age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. 
Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Verna Jandaroba, nice performance. Angel Hill, just ridiculously tough mm-hmm. getting out of those grappling exchanges. Tetsuro Tyra, good debut. I think it's the kind of fight he's going to grow a lot from because like I told everybody... Since this fight was booked, Carlos Candelario is not a guy who's just going to get run over tonight. He's a very gritty, tough dude. Uh, he can take a beating, and he's scrappy as hell. Tyra goes to full 15, gets a clear win, nicely done. And then Petrosky kicked off the card with a, with a huge upset against Nick Maximoff. So if you guys got questions, let's get after it. We're only okay. going to go for probably another 10 or 15 minutes at the most. So if you got thoughts on this... Uh, if this car was in front of 20,000 fans, what Amanda Hebas had won. I think people wanted her win so she could challenge Valentina or Tyla. Caitlin's a difficult spot at 125. Yeah, Caitlin is in a difficult spot, and she knows she's in a difficult spot. So she called out multiple people at the end. She called out Misha Tate. She called out the French chick and uh, Alexa Grasso as well. So well done. That's exactly how you get to do it. Uh, Angela Hill's 12th UFC loss is the most in UFC women's MMA history. Unlucky, or is that who she really is, AK? Um, wow, this is a complicated question. Okay, well, a little bit unlucky. A little bit unlucky. I've called her the robbery, robbery review queen. Um, I don't think all the split decisions that she lost were robberies, but that she keeps ending in these situations, ending up in these situations where uh, she has the potential to lose uh, a, a robbery. Is, uh, is is unfortunate but it's also indicative of her fighting style she doesn't have like big knockout power she never has very solid striker uh, very good striker but um someone who you wish she had that extra gear if not just a finish field but just to sc- score a few more knockdowns it, it sounds insulting to say once but but to make things a little more obvious for the judges sometimes is what you have to do um because it sucks because she definitely won some of those fights um that were scored against her and i wish the judges had would, were able to to parse her work a little better but I mean, that's just not how it is. Uh, and as far as like how many losses, again, we we talked about. Um, I think we talked about on the on the preview show. She only had one pro fight before coming to the UFC. So for her to have a, a, like, I think she's eight and twelve now. I know it looks bad at eight and twelve in the UFC, but she has fought everyone. She has fought everyone uh, in her division. She's fought some amazing, really, really talented names: uh, Michelle Watterson, Claudia Gadelia. Uh, Jessica Andrade, Rose Namajunas, Tisha Torres. You're going to pick up L's when you fight these people. That's just how it is. And <clears throat> if she had a much easier schedule, we could be talking about, oh, uh, Angela Hills is, is 12 and 6 in the UFC or 14 and 4 or something. She's fought the best of the best and hasn't been able to get a lot over that hump a lot of the time. And sometimes she did, and the scores didn't go her way. So, um, in a way, to answer the question, yeah, it is who she is. Um, but the story of her record says uh, tells you how tough her competition is, not like necessarily that she's not a great fighter. Yeah, it's a bit of both. There are certain fights that she thought were robberies that weren't robberies, and there were probably certain fights that were. So I, I, get, I think it's a combination of both, but she's still very talented, and she's tough as hell, and she's a fun fighter. So always good to have somebody like that around who's willing to fight anybody, anytime. Dana White loves those folks and i'm sure angel hill is, is is pretty high on the old list do you think jed is kicking himself for not betting on ryan's fan uh, probably yeah but anytime again you remember that that matchup was made for chaos i mean yeah. they, they they threw ryan span and kuchalaba in there kuchalaba i mean could have knocked ryan span out in the first round you know what i mean uh but he's a super aggressive guy he went right into right into ryan span's strength one of his signature moves guillotine choke i don't think he's i think this is the first time he 
you know he has one other in the UFC, right? I think he has. Another I want to say one. I'll take a quick look here because he's he had he it used it used to be a move he used a ton. Yeah, yeah. He uh, Devin Clark. He submitted Devin yeah. Clark with a guillotine, uh, and Emiliano uh, Sordi, uh, PFL champion Emiliano Sordi on Contender Series. And before that, he had a ton of guillotine chokes. So he used to do it all the time. Um, he just hasn't had one in a while. But I'm like. Kuchalaba is exactly the kind of guy who's going to fall into it. So, but I don't blame Jen for not betting on it. Again, that matchup was chaos. That's like a stay away for sure. That's what's great about having a podcast because if you say something and you put it out in the world, you have to stand by what you say. <laughs> so if you say like, I'm just not going to bet on it, then you can't bet on it. Interesting question because Holly Holm is headlining next week's card. Is Caitlin Chikagan the Holly Holm of 125? I'll let you go first before I, I mean, no, for this. a couple of reasons. Holly Holm won the title. I mean, she won the title and she has a signature moment. That, I mean, look, that knockout of uh, Ronda Rousey feels like it happened like 25 years ago now, but it's still replayed to this day. She's still viewed as the woman who, who, you know, blew up the Ronda Rousey hype, who, who beat, who did the unthinkable. And now that we look back on it, maybe not as unthinkable, but um, yeah, uh, Caitlin is missing that moment. If you're asking that, is that where they are now? Uh, no, because Holly Holm always feels like she's one win away from a title shot. Caitlin feels like she's, as Mike says, 10 wins away from a title shot. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the answer right there. She's not the Holly Holm 125 because Holly, if Holly Holm is at 125, she would have got eight title shots already against <laughs> Valentina Shevchenko. We'd be talking about if Holly Holm won next week, would she get a ninth crack at Valentina? Like, that's what we'd be talking about. Kaylin is not in that position. She's eventually going to get there, but she's going to have to win like five more fights before that happens, or Valentina is going to have to vacate the title and go up to 135. Because that fight was not competitive for one e- for even one second, so yeah. You guys haven't brought up Nascimento's stupendous performance. Thoughts? Let me just say this: the only people happier with that performance besides Nascimento and his family and his corners were Sean Shelby and Mick Maynard. Those two were probably <laughs> as happy, if not happier, than anybody else, and. I think they knew something with this matchup. I think they had a feeling of, about how this fight would go. And I think in the end, they might have snuck to the back room, given each other a high five, and then went back to sit down. Your Mike, thoughts? Michael, are you suggesting the matchmakers would, would, would do something to, to mess with a debuting fighter that perhaps they, they're not fond of, that did not make a great impression on them? when he met them on the, during the Contender Series? It was a wise decision because they picked a guy that maybe the betting lines would would look favorably towards Hadley, but they knew deep down because of their matchmaking prowess that they had a good chance to, to hand Jake Hadley his his first L and that's exactly what happened. That was a great performance too. I I can't believe you'd think they would do that. I, I, I don't think Mick Maynard, but they have, they certainly could if they wanted to. I mean, yeah, let's see. Oh, I saw Michael. Did Michael Johnson earn himself a fight with Tony Ferguson, AK? Why not, right? Why not? He he beat him. You know, is this not is this not a fight that Tony Ferguson would like to have back? How long ago are we talking about here? How long ago was that first fight? That was a while ago. A ten ten years ago. Years yeah. ago, <laughs> this month, May fifth, two thousand twelve. That was uh, Tony Ferguson's first um, first UFC loss, right? I'm not crazy, right? Tony was was you know he won the Ultimate Fighter and he was doing like he was kind of running through people, right? Was that that was the last loss before he went on the run, right? It was. Uh, that's right. That's right. So he beat Aaron Riley. He beats Eves Edwards, and then uh, yeah, Michael Johnson wins a decision over him, and then uh, and after that, Tony Ferguson goes and in his uh, 11, 12, excuse me, twelve fight win streak. So I think that's actually pretty cool. I don't th- remember this coming up at all on uh, last week's Otno, but uh, I have a feeling some people will be suggesting it this week. I would agree. Let's see. Luke Adam, is Sanford MMA Ooh. leading the discussion for the best MMA gym this year? Interesting question. Elevation took a hit with the Gaethje and uh, Namajunas losses, that's for sure. Yeah, 100%. I mean, I'm trying to think. I mean, Logan Storley just won a title. Mm-hmm. Michael Chandler's there. Uh, I mean, they got Gilbert Burns, but I don't think anyone really thinks Gilbert Burns is a loser in that situation. Um, yeah, I, I Fortis? probably Fortis still doing pretty well. Not too bad. Yeah. I mean, I I have to like go back and think of like which gym had which fighters because like these fighters switch gyms all the time. Like da- even Davy Graham was representing Syndicate MMA tonight, so these fighters change hands all the time. 
Let's see what else we have here for questions. Uh, <laughs> what happened to Dana? Why was he at the press? When is the last time you see Dana White at a fight night press conference? Very, saying, very rare. Yeah, I wouldn't look. I wouldn't look into it. He's <laughs> coming off a pay per view. He's doing what guys with billions of dollars in their bank accounts do. They're traveling. He's on a maybe on a yacht somewhere. I don't know. You guys think that Bisbing's commentary is hard mm. to listen to? There's a lot of there's a lot of talk about the commentary. I think more from Dominic Cruz tonight. Um, Dominic Cruz is actually pretty solid when it comes to position and technique. I think he's really good at explaining how to get out of tight spots and what fighters need to do and seeing advantages because he's really he's good at like studying tape. So he knows tendencies, these fighters, even the newcomers, he's well aware of what these guys do. He studies really hard. He knows no clue how to score a fight at all, especially in today's MMA, but maybe we're being a little too hard on these guys. I don't know because they've been doing this for so long and they're so used to a certain thing that it just hasn't caught on. And when you ride a certain bike for a long time and then you switch to a different bike, yeah, it does the same thing. And this is the cool thing now, but you're so used to riding this other bike that it just doesn't feel the same. So maybe we're a little hard on them. Maybe it's a positive spin on it, but just Bisbing tonight in general. Did, you, did Were you a fan of his commentary? Do you think he's hard to listen to as skinny boy seems to maybe think he is? Uh, I wasn't paying that close to the commentary today. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. I saw, I did see, I saw people mentioning on social media. They had some issue with it. I'm, I'm a fan of his. I do think, um, I don't know. I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I don't know. I was about to search for criticism there, but I, I like Bisping. I, um, I see someone saying he's the worst commentator. I don't know if there's any commentator that's like universally loved. Besides, John Anik, I guess. John Anik, people like him a lot. Um, but Dom Cruz, Bisping, Cormier, uh, Paul Felder, I think most people like. Paul Felder, most people like. I just don't know if they put him on the level of you know some of the guys they really love. Um, but they're all going to take their criticism for various reasons. They have biases. They have misconceptions. They have you know things that happened in their own career that color how they view fights uh mike are you watching the show a uh, winning time are you watching the lakers uh no i watch it so there's a there's a little subplot in there with uh chick hearn uh legendary uh, lakers announcer chick hearn he when he starts doing commentary uh he has pat riley with him doing pat riley before he became the coach of the lakers he's brought in as a like, color commentator and back then chick hearn had like i mean this is according to the show i don't know the truth but chick hearn had like so much power that he essentially did, he essentially did all the talking and every now and then he'd let Pat Riley talk for like like 30 seconds. And I almost wish, I almost wish um, veteran broadcasters could have that kind of uh, generalmanship in the UFC. Obviously, you can't because guys like guys like Dominic Cruz and Phil, uh, Michael Bisping are much bigger stars than like a Brendan Fitzgerald. Brendan Fitzgerald cannot tell those. He's he's there, he's there to, to kind of guide them along and let them do their thing. He's not there to tell them when they should and shouldn't talk. That, that's just not Brendan Fitzgerald's responsibility. But I think there was a time when the person who was the trained broadcaster, who was the veteran broadcaster, would be kind of trusted to keep the guys in line. And you just don't have that option. But And, and then I think that's why guys like Cruz are, I don't want to say this is who he's going to be for the rest of his broadcasting career. But I mean, keep in mind, he's not a trained broadcaster. And I think he's very much the same guy he was when he started doing this job, what is it, two years ago, three years ago, however long he's been doing it. Brilliant technical mind. You want to throw to him to break something down. I mean, there's few better, but as far as keeping like um, a consistent, like smooth broadcast goes, he's just not great at it. He's not great at it. He's going to cause these little like awkward moments and conflicts. And that, that's how it is. And then you have a three and then you add in the, the chaos of a three man booth. It's it's it just doesn't always come off well for any of the guys. So I don't think Bisping's particularly bad. Um, I'm not a fan of Cruz, but I don't know. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't notice anything egregious tonight. But like I said, I wasn't uh, paying as close attention as some. I would like to see them mix some 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 faces around. I'd like to see more Paul Felder. I think he's really good. Uh, I would like to see Michael Chiesa in there to do some color. He does a great job for LFA. Anthony Smith, I think, would be really good in the color spot. Laura Sanko, of course, would be great Sanko, in, in the color spot. Who is who is has fought has fought professionally, still trains, does technique breakdowns, and has as a trained broadcaster. It's this is again. I know it's a skill you can learn on the fly. There's a lot of great uh, former, you know, athletes who have become great broadcasters in other uh, in other sports without. I think I assume without having to go through journalism school or broadcasting school. 
but it's great if you do go through Broadway school and Laura Senko has that kind of experience. Um, again, I don't know what her schooling is, but she has really, really worked her way up as a broadcaster and was not thrown, you know, when she finally gets her shot at being a UFC, uh, at that UFC desk, it'll have been well-earned and she'll have gone, she'll have made all the mistakes that broadcasters make like a hundred times way before she's actually on national television. So Laura Senko, let's get her on that desk, please. Yeah, get her in the mix for the love Come of Come on. Any hype for Parker Porter next week? Apparently not, because this fight with Jelton Almeida is not on the main card, which is just god awful. <laughs> it's a weird fight. It's it a is weird a weird fight, fight but <laughs> it's fun. Parker's a massive underdog. He's like a plus five hundred dog or something like that. But don't sleep on Parker Porter. Uh, any idea for when the UFC comes back to New York? I will. I, I can say with with knowledge that the July 30th card was being discussed for MSG. That was on the, the list. There are a lot of cities on that list. Boston was one of those cities on that list. Uh, MSG was on that list. Dallas was on that list. Dallas looks to have won the pony, so to speak. If I had to guess, I would say November. Yeah, that's Probably. that's the New York. Yeah, that's the Madison Square Garden month, right? It's November, right? They've held yeah. a bunch of... Okay. Uh, that would be my guess. I'm going to try to find a couple more here. Sometimes this thing just bounces around. Where is Jose? He's gone. He's yeah. He's, he's still board. on site in Las Vegas. Uh, someone just mentioned like um, Fox just signed Tom Brady for three hundred seventy-five million. I'm like, yeah. I mean, look, he's a he's a famous face and voice that people are going to hear. Is Tom Brady going to be good at broadcasting? We'll find out. We'll find out. I don't think he's going to be as much of a natural as uh, as Tony Romo, who himself had a lot of bumps his first uh, season doing commentary. But um, yeah, but that's actually a perfect example, guys. Like, I want to see how Tom Brady does, and like, we'll see. Like, man, is he actually good or? Should he not have some more training for us? Tristan, I see the Petrovsky question. We talked about it, but uh, Luke M asks, maybe we'll end here. Best fight of the week slash weekend, AK. Oh, uh, Bellator had some moments, eh? They did. Bellator had some moments. Um, let me take a quick look at the... I'm sorry, it's going to sound terrible because I just need to look at the card again because everything's, uh, everything's a blur now. Uh, certainly not the uh, Bellator 21 main event, which was somewhat interesting to watch, but was not a great fight by any means. I mean, I want to say Davy Grant and Luis Smoka. Am I forgetting some barn burner from... Am I forgetting some barn burner from 281? I mean... I mean, the best moment of the weekend was Paul Daly, for sure. Yeah, yeah. But the fight prior to that moment was not great it was like the anti paul daly fight it was like the exact thing you did this was it, was it was turning out to be a classic bellator move where you have him in a position where he's going to fight a striker and the chips will fall where they may but instead you put him in there with a grappler and the guy just takes him down and lays on him and grapples with paul daly for almost two full rounds before daly just said the hell with this and just knocked his ass out uh, and we had that great moment, but yeah, I mean, there was the, the Bellator card had some good moments. That's for sure. We had the freaking buggy choke. We had all sorts of craziness. We had some sad moments too, with Leon Machida getting knocked I don't out. Know, I don't, that fight didn't happen. I don't know what you're talking about. Leon Machida retired like three years ago. And then just an awful main event, an awful main event. Stinker. And it was so bad of a stinker that people tried to find ways to make it make it a talking point so everyone just attacked everybody for their scoring on social media and that, then 40 <laughs> minutes later not one peep about the fight again that's hilarious how that much fight that fizzled out ruined friendships Scor <laughs> scoring that fight hurt people's feelings like people got mad we're getting mad at each other on social media like i saw like people are getting real I, I tried to kind of stay out of it like i kind of just put my score i was like 48 47 page and i'm like i'm not getting involved in this like this, this discourse because it was getting nasty yeah people were like Oh man, you stop stop dealing with the criteria, man. <laughs> like that's not how they score fights. I'm like, that's exactly how they score that's fights. Telling me I shouldn't I shouldn't focus on how their fights are actually uh, scored. I don't understand your question. Uh maybe we'll take a couple more. Any chance Dustin Poirier fights in the July 30th card? He certainly wants to. He has called out literally everybody. So <laughs> if you had to guess, AK, is he fighting July 30th? Uh yes, he is. That's it. No scoop, no scoop, no inside information. I'm just being super optimistic, and I think he gets an opponent. I think he gets an opponent as well. I would, I would be, I think they might go for that. I think they might actually party with the Wonder Boy idea. I think that uh, that would make some sense. I mean, why not? You got two names, two guys that really are just kind of stuck right now. So, yeah, 
I wouldn't mind seeing that. I love that. That's a good idea. Uh, I see an NBA question. I'll read this one real quick. Or NBA draft question. Callum Lambert asking, is Chet Holmgren going to go number one? Uh, let me just say, I think the draft lottery is in three. Is this week? I think on Tuesday of this week. Uh, so ask me again. Ask me again. Because it's, it's going to be very team dependent. So it's a, it's, a, it's a top three draft. It's like the three. There's three very clear. Uh, four guys. Four guys of the draft coming up. But Chet Holmgren, freakish talent. Uh, love him. But uh, Jabari Smith, Paulo Benchero, also fantastic. So, uh, yeah. I don't know. I haven't decided yet. It, dep- it depends who yeah, is drafting number one. And I agree on that. Like, why, why, why didn't you just do the Nate fight? I mean, I know why, but just stop being dumb. Why doesn't Nate fight anyone? Just Nate fight someone. Actually, he doesn't have he to. Wants to. Gonna, he wants to. He keeps saying he wants to. He's not doing we, it. Well, it's not his fault. I don't think. I mean, from what I understand, it's not his fault. He wants to fight, but the UFC wants him to fight more than this one time. And he doesn't want to do that. And thus, here we are. In that same position. Poirier versus Bilal? Nah. Not into it. I don't see. Yeah, I don't know. Did Bilal volunteer for that? Did he throw his name into the half for that? I mean, I, don't, I guess. He would if he thought it was an option. I think he knows it's probably not, it wouldn't happen, though. So, But we'll see. I think Poirier will end up fighting on that card. But I think with that point, since we have shifted over to Dustin Poirier, I think we have... I see the Andrew Lee Cornerman thing. I don't really want to dive into that. I think enough has been said about it. With Tony Kelly. Can, can I say one thing about it? Yeah, go right ahead. Guys, uh, whatever you want to call it, racism, uh, nationalism, just general prejudice. If you're going to, like, if you're going to, first of all, I mean, you shouldn't make weird generalizations like that anyway. But don't, like, it's it's so in the saying. Like, anytime, I see people going, like, it wasn't racist. You know, it's just in the moment. He's just saying, it's like, guys, anytime you talk about a country or a group of people and you put the word dirty in front of it, you're being a little you're you are being a little prejudiced. It's not going to come off well. It's not going to come off well. Are you intentionally being racist? Are you intentionally being prejudiced? I don't know. Maybe not, that's not your intention, but you have to have some you're on national effing television. You're on this was on the prelims, right, Mike? This is on the prelims. This is the featured prelims. So this is on ESPN. This is on ESPN, the featured prelim on ESPN. I, I, I get it. That's maybe not the first thing on Tony Kelly's mind. But man, you 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 cannot say stuff like this. You it's it's anytime you put the word dirty before a group of people, it it is it's not even about it being taken the wrong way. It's people are taking it the right way and they're probably getting a real view of your character. So I'm saying, guys, you got people just really gotta watch you know your language and 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 be empathetic and 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 think about how your words reflect on people because that, that stuff is just it sounds so bad the clip i had to listen to the clip a bunch of times because i was writing about it it just it just sounds so 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 bad so tony kelly and whoever else says stuff like this just do better man just don't talk about people like that why why talk why talk about people that way i'll say a couple things about this one i agree with everything you're saying it was just in horrible taste Two, Adrian Yanez is now one of the biggest baby faces on the roster <laughs> yeah. because he's fighting Tony Kelly June 18th in Austin, Texas, which is very close to home for him. So he's going to not only be a baby face just because he's fighting in Texas, but he's going to be a baby face for those watching on television. It's going to be like a guy almost fighting Greg Hardy to this point. And then the third thing, after I was disgusted by everything that was said, where was the cheating? Where's the cheating? Because if you think about it, there was only one warning issued in that one in that first round. And that issue, that warning was issued to Andrea Lee because she was going down and she grabbed the fence like full grip to keep herself up. So if anybody was towing the line of right and wrong, it was Andrea Lee. At least what I saw. Maybe I there there were certain things that happened. I don't think first of all, nothing garners that kind of response. But nothing that anybody else could see that comes that that would regard cheating. But Andrea Lee certainly grabbed the fence, and that was the only moment in that first round where the referee was like, "Hey, hey, hey, don't do that, don't do that." So I don't know. It's just it was a horrible moment. So and then Tony bad. Kelly was Tony Kelly tells Andrea Lee she won the fight when it was over, Ugh. which clearly was wrong because she didn't win the fight, but. There you go. Viviana Arujo gets it done. She is, she's moving up, and she's probably got a big fight coming up. Yeah, let's focus. You know, let's focus on that. What a great performance by Viviana Arujo, and a good win for her. And we'll talk more about her on, on to the next one. Oh, or we, or we, or we, or we might not. That's right. I'm sorry. She was not a main card 
Spoiler, I'm going to talk more about Viviana Arujo on, on to the next one. How about that? <laughs> Damn you, AK. Should be. <laughs> you know, maybe we should both just pick her for wild cards just because she deserves it. So we can, we, we can focus on positivity. But we have, we have done our part. It's 2.21 Eastern. Next week, there's a card where the prelims start at 4 p.m. Eastern. The main card starts at 7 p.m. Eastern. It's a five-fight main card, AK, and 11 fights total. I mean, we are just hitting all the sweet spots all at once. And, and, we and got, tonight's card was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah. It was pretty fun. So, and we had fun with all of you. So thank you for, for joining us. Thank you for Jose, to Jose, for joining us from Las Vegas. We're done. For AK, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for watching. Good night, everybody. The NBA playoffs are heating up, and so is the action at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. DraftKings brings you same-game parlays, live betting, odds boosts, and so much more. You can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code VOXMMA. That's code VOXMMA for new customers to get 150 in bonus bets when you bet just 5 bucks. Only on DraftKings. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21 and over, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.co slash bball for eligible and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement.